Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you an amazing guest, Dr. Jacqueline Sherman, better known as Dr. Jack. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and intimacy and relationship coach. Her goal, and she is driven by helping the modern, high-achieving woman have better sex and intimacy in their relationships through her intimacy coaching. And guys, gals, this is the type of episode that I know you've been waiting to hear. Of course, again, we talk a lot about, you know, the the regular routines as far as mental health. We talk about all of the other medical related diseases, right? But we don't talk about sexual um, health enough. We don't really talk about the topic of sex. It's been taboo for too long. And I'm so glad that I was able to get her expertise to come on here and really drop some amazing gems. Please stick around to the end so you can figure out some sex tips for you guys that you can implement and take action on today. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, especially because I expect you to leave a five-star review, especially after her episode. And make sure you are following Dr. Jacqueline Sherman on all her social media platforms. Make sure you're following up on area coaching, especially if you have any needs or concerns, uh, especially when it comes to sexual intimacy. Guys, I have an amazing discussion for you lined up today. Um, is I've, I've been following, I've been following Dr. Jack for a while. And we're going to, we're going to get all into her business, uh, in a minute. Um, but she, her, like what she focuses on, first of all, she's a licensed clinical psychologist. She's an intimacy and relationship coach. And if you've been with the lunch and the community, you know, we, we haven't really, we've kind of dabbled, but we really haven't gotten to the nitty gritty. So when I saw her, I was like, I kind of, I do, I do this a lot on social media. I, I, I ghost follow uh, a lot of my creators. <laughs> Right. I'm like, ooh, like I think she would be an amazing guest. Right. So first of all, again, thank you for taking the time out uh, out of your busy schedule, because I, I already know how it is. Right. Thank you for taking the time out to really bless your wisdom and impart some knowledge here on the Lunch and Learning community. Thank you, Dr. Jack. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. So for like, cause we'll have your, we'll have your bio and everything in our description, but for someone, if this is the first time they're watching uh, me or you like, who is Dr. Jack, right? Like, so just so they can, we can get in this, the, the right mind mindset. So they understand why, like, I'm so giddy on making sure like she got on the show. Yes. Yes. That's a good question. So I am a psychologist and intimacy coach, um, but I did a lot of couples therapy in the past. I work with a lot of couples. And one of the things that I found um, out is that a lot of people struggle with self-confidence, sexual confidence um, within their relationships, and it impacts their intimacy. So I became particularly interested in trying to figure out how to help couples to have better intimacy within their, their relationships. And um, that's, that's the 
the thing that I'm most passionate about. So I work mostly with women, um, women who are in relationships or want to be in relationships um, or women who are married and help them to have better sex in their lives, help them to find their voice, to navigate for what they want, to explore things differently, and to really show up more confidently in the relationships and in their overall life. You know, like I said, I got, I got so many questions and I like I, said, I can't wait yeah. for, um, you know, the discussion today. Uh, but when I just like as you were speaking, I was thinking about when when you're working with your different subgroups, uh, mm-hmm. as far as especially women are, are concerned, was there anything that surprised you, especially when you kind of went down this route of intimacy relationship? Was there something that kind of surprised you along your journey? The lack of education surprised me. Um Yes, I think that that was the thing that surprised me most. But I think because I'm a part of the the population who has been self-taught regarding sexual education, I feel like my knowledge is so much more different than I think what we get, um, which is very limited information. A lot of times women aren't even necessarily familiar with their their parts and what they're properly called. Um, A lot of times I'll be surprised by some people not knowing that there's three holes down there, not two. Um, So a lot of information- We're we're talking like adults, right? We're talking- Talking about adults with kids, multiple children, um, very well educated. Um, I've had I've had clients who have thought that the G spot um, was in areas that it's not like just I think the educational piece regarding female anatomy is just lacking. Um, And I think that that in and of itself, like when you know your body, when you understand um, where your body feels more pleasurable, where there's more nerve endings, et cetera, like you can just really maximize your pleasure. And I think that that women just have been limited to information and have not necessarily been encouraged to explore and get more additional knowledge. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcasts. You know, since now I get out, tell you, you know, learning community, you know, I'm an internist, right? And I've said this before. One of the reasons why I went to internal medicine is to kind of get away from women's health and kids, right? Like, I'll be honest, again, I'm, I got, I have no secrets here. Yes. And and but one of the reasons why is I remember even as a medical student, pre med student, that I used to always get kicked out of the rooms. Anytime it was you know OB rotation, everything it was like, hey, can he can he like stuff? So for so, like I just had like this mental block that like all right, yeah, women's health just not gonna be for me. So that's why I, I love when I'm able to get experts on here who really because again I'm lunch learn community. I am listening and learning, you know, just like you with Dr. Jack is kind of dropping the knowledge bombs on here. Now, Dr. Jack, I always, I love, first of all, I love elevator pitches, right? Or, you know, just kind of slogans, right? So yours is, I help modern, ambitious, high-achieving women have better sex and intimacy in their relationships. First of all, like that is, like that knocks it right out the park, right? (laughs) Because like automatically, I already know like, okay, this is the avatar for this person here. Mm-hmm. Now, was it just kind of like, I know you talked about kind of your in your training, you kind of leaning. Was this just something where you found that there was just like a void, like in this certain, you know, population group that like needed really your expertise? Absolutely. I felt that there was a void. And that woman is the younger version of myself. 
right? And so it really became clear to me that there were so many women that are really, really high achievers. They're ambitious. You know, they have career goals. They knock those out of the park. Um, they have family goals. They get it done, right? They're good parents. They're good wives, et cetera. They're great friends. Um, but really when it comes to their overall sex life, um, things are lacking and there's shame behind being able to actually even speak to that in a very authentic way. And so a lot of times women suffer in silence. And that is the place that I was in before I went through my healing journey to come to the other side, to be able to speak to this topic in ways where I'm able to help other women. So who is, who is the prototypical person that's knocking on your door, right? When they're coming to see you, like who, like, is it, is, is it a person who's gone through a level of frustration? Is it a person who's kind of in like the grace, like they know something's wrong, something needs help? Like who, who typically comes to see you and how, and how, I guess more importantly, how do they come? Is it more of like, like, no, you got to go see Dr. Jack. Like how, how does, how does a person end up finding you? Yeah. So oftentimes they're finding me through social media. That's where I'm most active. Um, and they really are engaging with my content and starting to feel seen and heard um, in regards to some of the struggles that they're experiencing. Oftentimes, by the time someone comes to me, a lot of times they've been in their relationship. They've tried a couple of things regarding sex. They know that things are not necessarily working and going well because they're getting that feedback from their partner and they don't know what to do next in terms of support, resource, Courses, et cetera. So they're typically coming to me saying, hey, Dr. Jack, um, for example, you know, my partner says I never want to have sex. And when we do have sex, they feel like I'm just kind of checking a box. I don't know how to show up because I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and I'm not necessarily in the sex that I need and want. And I don't know how to communicate that in a way that makes me feel comfortable. And so that is typically what is happening. Um, there's a part of the equation where women are feeling unsatisfied and not necessarily knowing why or how to communicate that. And then there's the other piece of, again, ambitious, overachieving women who, you know, are really, you know, bosses in their life and in terms of, you know, being able to, to complete their goals. And so they're really tired. And haven't necessarily uh, prioritized self-care in a way um, or prioritize their pleasure and their passion um, as something that's really important to them. So really helping them to get those two areas in line um, is typically when they're coming, knocking at my door um, and connecting with me uh, through social media. And what I love, especially because, you know, we're, we're, we're big here uh, in the social community as far as self-care, but I don't think I've ever heard people reference when, when discussing self-care um, in the sexual aspect, right? In yes. uh, obtaining that sexual need. It's usually more of getting away from, you know, you know, the rat race working and like family, like getting kind of away from that. But like, I've never actually seen it referenced to like, like making sure your sexual desires are also um, taken care of. Yes. And, you know, I think the fact that we don't talk about it in that way, like I'm so passionate about tying the two together because it is self, it is a part of self-care. Sexual self-care is self-care, right? Just like we are entire human beings and we have a sexual part of ourselves. 
um, right? Just like we have a spiritual aspect. We have a physical aspect. We have an emotional, a social. Mm. Like why is sexual left out of the, why is it left out of the equation, right? We are mammals. (laughs) Um, And so I think it's so important to highlight, like, are we attending to our sexual needs in a way where we are experiencing pleasure? When we think about how health and, and sexual health are connected, like there's so many benefits that help our, our immune system, our blood pressure, our stress level, et cetera, that are directly related to sex. And so I think that when we have the conversation around self-care and sex is not a part of the problem, we're continuing to perpetuate that this is an area of ourselves that is separate and not as important. And really it's, it's the opposite. Dropping, dropping bombs today. (laughs) Now, all right. So question now, is this Is this something that, especially in your in your training with your level of expertise, is this something that kind of happens like from adulthood on? Is there an origin even when we're young? Like why why are we at this point when we're adults and still having the issue of like first of all, like let's look at me, definitely follow her on social media platforms. Like just some of the titles on some of her lives, I'll be like, oh. Okay, all right. It's going, it's going down over there. Like, 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 but like, it shouldn't, right? Like, just her title shouldn't like get a uh, response mentally from me. But like, we're still in that state where just being sexually free and talking about it gets like gets people in a different place. So, like, yeah. do you think is that like is that like an adulthood again? I only again first because I only talk to adults. I only deal with adults as an attorney. Mm-hmm. Like, is this something like? The, the young girls are facing, I'm, I'm assuming boys do, but definitely we're here. We're talking about the women. Like, are, are, are young girls kind of facing some of this, you know, the lack of knowledge or confidence in that standpoint too? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like this topic right here, I mean, this is a whole different separate mm. podcast that is also so important, but really I, I oftentimes ask people, what is the, and, and my dissertation was actually about this. It was talking about um, risky sexual behaviors and linking it to peer influences, parental influences, and social media influences. And what I found in my dissertation research was that parents who are having conversations with their children around sex, around protecting themselves from sex, around like what sex is, is actually helpful to them in terms of decreasing their risky sexual behavior as a young adult, as an emerging adult, right? Mm. And so what happens, and I think that what the biggest problem is, is a lot of times most people didn't necessarily have healthy conversations with their caregivers that were created under the umbrella of really helpful information regarding sexual health. A lot of times those conversations, especially for women are like, listen, don't get pregnant. Don't have sex until you're married. That's the end of the conversation. Right. Right. And so the ability to ask questions, the ability to learn more about one's body, a lot of times those conversations were shut down. And a lot of women experience shame around just wanting to know and learn more. And so I think there's really a generational issue regarding the comfortability of parents talking to their kids about sex, providing them with helpful information. Listen, kids going to find out anyway. They're going to learn from the friends. But first of all, the friend got wrong information anyway. Yes. They're going to learn from their friends. They're going to learn from TV, which TV, porn, all of those tools, they have a place. I'm, I'm, for, like, I'm for all of those tools, but they're entertainment they are not educational tools. And so when we're looking at TV and porn and trying to figure out and navigate sex, 
no wonder why we don't necessarily know our bodies well or how to ask for what we want because those what we have available is not helping us to have those conversations or to understand ourselves better so there's a big problem oh, i love that i love it interesting it what's 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 sad is that even like i i i mess with my kids all the time um cuz you know they got like ipads now right like yes. the, the access to get information is as open as it's probably ever been. Like I remember when I was, when I was in, I, mean, I didn't get, in fact, we didn't have a computer in my house till I was like 17 years old. So mm-hmm. for me to go online, cause you know, at the time it was next to church. Like the, so our phones weren't going online. Right. So for, me to, <laughs> yeah. so for me to go online, I had to walk to the library to like, to, to go online. Whereas like now it's so handheld, but even despite our ease of it, like it's still, you're saying it's still secluded in that like box that for some reason we're not even, you know, allowing, especially young girls to even tap into. We're not, we're not. I had a friend of mine who like called me. She's like, this is an emergency. Like I need to talk to you ASAP. I'm like, what's going on? I'm thinking like something really bad happened. She's like, my daughter asked me what is the g-spot and she was like mortified and i'm like this is a this is a very valid question right this is an opportunity and like the way that parents respond to those type of questions sends a message about what is okay and not okay to know regarding your anatomy right she didn't say listen i want such and such to touch my g-spot and even if she did i mean that's a different conversation but in the way in which you respond as a parent it's really really important to be curious and compassionate right and a lot of times young women are not receiving those type of responses or the ability to ask questions to learn and so they're trying to figure it out on their own. And then by the time they come to me when they're in their mid thirties and they've been married and they haven't been able to ask questions or learn or have, feel like they have the voice to advocate for themselves, they feel really stuck and they feel really alone in those experiences. Dr. Jack, let's, let's talk about, and, and you've, cause, yeah, cause that was heavy. Cause you, you talk a lot about the, the aspect of sexual perfectionism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, explain that in in a manner in in one like is it the fact that we don't know what it is or we're trying to attain it and it's not attainable like that's like so I wouldn't like kind of like on both of those uh the ends right there yeah so one I would say individuals who struggle with perfectionism in general are likely going to be they're going to be more likely to struggle from sexual perfectionism. So if you're someone who in your job, you want things to be perfect in your, your relationship, you want things to be perfect. You want to be the perfect parent. You want to be the perfect friend. The likelihood that you probably want your sex to be perfect is probably on board with kind of how you show up in the world. Right. And when we think about perfectionism in general, really what it is, is at the root anxiety. So an anxiety is bred in Instead of being in the moment, you're worried about the future and you're projecting the future in a negative way, right? Mm-hmm. So let's think about you're in the bedroom, you're having, you're being intimate with your partner and you start to ruminate and think about all of the things that may not be going right in the moment, 
right? Thinking about all of the must. I must have an orgasm. You know, I must, it must be perfect timing. It must be super romantic. Like my partner must approve of my body. Like all of those things are rooted in sexual perfectionism. And what they do is they take you out of the moment, take you out of the experience. They take you out of your body and being present and really being able to experience pleasure. And um, what they do instead is make you really, really anxious and kind of pull you out of the particular moment. Um, And this is just not for women. This is also for men. A lot of like the performance anxiety aspect of, you know, I must maintain an erection. My erection must be super hard. Like that is a part of sexual perfectionism as well. So definitely not gender specific in any right, um, but it can definitely show up. And it takes us away from the experience when we create all of these expectations about what sex needs to be like, right? And the, the the real truth is sex doesn't have to be perfect to be amazing. It doesn't have to be perfect to be good. And sometimes when we have that sexual perfectionistic tendencies, we miss that. And we're focused on all of the wrong things instead of really being inside of our body and being present. Now, I again, I didn't, that's just me being the conspiracy theorist that I am. Mm-hmm. I blame a lot of stuff uh, uh, on us. By us, I mean men. Do you feel, especially with the clients you're working with, do you feel like a lot of the blame gets put on women from the direction of us? Like we're blaming like our partner uh, for whatever that reason, like, no, you're not doing this well. You're not doing that well. And maybe not necessarily internalizing what, what we also may do well. And then, and then in that same cycle now, like women kind of internalize it and say like, like, yeah, he's right. Or she's right. Like, like I should be doing like, like where do you feel like most of the the blame on that lack of good sex comes from? Mm, This is such a good question. I feel like you're trying to get me in trouble. The fellow's going to be like, that's why I preface it because I feel like a lot of of us, I feel like men, we blame, we blame others for a lot of our problems Mm-hmm. without internalizing like all right what am I like not doing right not doing correct like but like I just feel like we are like I just feel like we're so we're more more comic like especially when you mentioned like um the uh you know ejection uh, um, uh erection and everything else I'm like oh I can see I can mm-hmm. definitely see I could definitely see a man blaming the woman on why he can't keep it hard for long 10 minutes or something like that Absolutely. So to answer your question, from what I've seen, and this is just anecdotal, um, oftentimes what's happening is women are blaming themselves and men are blaming their partners for why the sex is not going well. And the reality is that both people are involved in the sexual experiencing experience and making it the most intimate experience that they can. And so I think that what then kind of needs to be rewritten and reframed is how can we both show up fully for this experience to be able to please one another? How can we? Yes. Yes. For an example, I'm thinking about um, a, a question that was actually asked me recently where someone reached out to me and they were sharing that they were engaging in sex with their partner. Their partner lost the erection. They're trying to like, figure out what's going on. And the partner says, well, you weren't that lubricated. So that's why, you know, I, my erection went down. Right. That, that is what we said, we would that, That's we an would. example of what you said, right. You're not lubricated. So that's why my erection. Right. But if we kind of look at the root and again, this is the educational piece, we haven't been given the tools and the knowledge 
women often takes it at women often take an average of 18 minutes to get fully aroused right so when we think about sex which the average amount of sex is from three to seven minutes talking about penetrative sex right if you think about that average <laughs> if you think about that arousal time right the math ain't mathing which oh, means that a oh lot of time Oh, that is hilarious. Okay. There's no buildup. There's no warming up the car. The expectation that someone is just going to be fully lubricated Mm. is unrealistic. And it's unfair because men and women's bodies are built differently. And what we have been taught about sex has really prioritized male pleasure. And so I think that learning. That's a, that's a bar. That is a, that's a heavy one. That's a heavy one. It's true. It is true. It is so true. It really like it has been framed that sex starts with a a hard erection and it ends when the erection is soft and prescribing to that as what sex is, um, is really a prescription for, for, for males. Um, and so I think expanding that learning, um, being open, it can definitely help build intimacy, connection, um, and um, novelty within the sexual relationship. A lot, of, a lot of bars dropped. A lot of bars <laughs> dropped there. Now, I guess now, you know, obviously, you know, we'll, you know, we won't blame men for a second. Um, do you find? Do you work with same-sex partners, and do you find some of the same? Uh, kind of foundations as far as, you know, you know, the anxiety and, you know, not performing as well or not, you know, just internalizing. Does that, does that happen at that extent as well? Or like as far as the same sex partners? That's a really good question. So for me, a lot of what I've been talking about in terms of like the discrepancies that happen um, are for heterosexual partners. What the research actually suggests is that for same sex partners, they're having a whole lot better sex. And the reason why, and this is uh, both, uh, again, I'm, I'm smiling because like I, I would, I, I'm. They are I, having. I mean, the I orgasm gap that exists. Orgasm gap that exists. It, it's it's not as large as it is when it comes to male and female sexual relationships, mm-hmm. and it is because there's more of an understanding in terms of what individuals need. And again, um, when we when we're prescriptive to the sexual scripts that we've been giving by, by society, they're, they're, they're really, really inaccurate. And so I think that same-sex couples have the advantage of being able to have conversations in a very different way that then lead to more understanding of one's body um, in comparison to heterosexual couples. So when same-sex couples come to me, it's usually about things such as communication difficulties, um, challenges with listening, understanding, um, just wanting to build more novelty in the relationship. Um, but it's less about understanding um, what they want want and need sexually and I, I knew it i just i figured that was the case but i was like let me ask you know me it's definitely the case it's okay. definitely the case so how has self-love shame and miscarriage really affected like the career path that you've been on uh thus far like how 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 have you been able to kind of like wrap all three mm-hmm into this beautiful product that we that we see these days. Yeah, so um, I spoke to it a little bit earlier. Um, I definitely went through my own journey of 
trying to figure out a lot of this on my own. So I kind of mentioned that my elevator pitches the younger version of myself. Um, about two years ago, I experienced a miscarriage and I didn't, I was looking forward to getting pregnant. It was very, very much planned. Again, I'm very goal oriented and task oriented. So I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And um, unfortunately, you know, we, we had pregnancy loss. We experienced it, my husband and myself. And what happened thereafter was I started to experience some symptoms of depression. I became very disconnected with my body. I stopped trusting my body um, because I had to really think about the thoughts that were coming up for me regarding like this. My body was designed to carry a baby and I can't do that. What does that mean about my work? Right. So that's where the shame piece comes in. And all of this is very, very common for women who experience pregnancy loss and miscarriage. Um, I felt very alone in that experience. Not a lot of people talk about their experiences with miscarriage. And so for me, it was navigating and trying to figure all of this out on my own. At the same time, I also, you know, have a husband, have a partner who has needs and of course, after uh, miscarriage, and we, we don't talk about this as much, but there's a time period where they actually tell you do not get pregnant, right? So you first have to restrict yourself from having sex because your body needs to heal. And then thereafter, it's like, all right, you got the thumbs up, let's go again. And there can be a disconnection. There can be a fear. What if I do get pregnant and this happens again? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I experienced a lot of weight gain, which then you know, impacted my self-esteem because it was really just really difficult at that particular time because I was feeling depressed to take care of my body in a healthy way. And so all of those things compiled together really created challenges in my marriage. Um, And we had talked about sex before in a very candid way, but it was more so about how we can improve things regarding sex wasn't necessarily focused on areas of concern. And so we had some of the most challenging conversations we've ever had, Um, conversations that started to make me question, like, is this relationship for us? And it was a really scary and lonely place to be in. And when I looked for resources, what I found is that there were so many things that were suggesting things that were external. So, for example, Mm. you you need to get this lingerie or you need to take this de-writing course or you need to learn how to give oral, oral sex better. And I'm like. I got all of these things. I can check these boxes, but I feel like I needed to heal from the inside out. Um, And that is what I wanted to create for other women. Because when I came out of the other side of that, I felt a whole lot more whole, a whole lot more connected to my body, able to talk to my partner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was an amazing experience. And I felt like there was a void um, regarding services being available for women who are struggling with fertility, who are struggling with pregnancy loss, um, and, and want to start to find passion and pleasure in their intimate experiences again. And what I love, what I, what I love about uh, your story, because a lot of times, especially especially when you're on the outside, right? And you're, you're going through the experience, you tend to personalize it and show yourself away from the world and think you're the only person who's experiencing this. Yes. And, and, and what I love about you is because you're so open, like I said, uh, ladies and uh, lunch learning community, please uh, follow her. Like you, you definitely need to follow her. Um, what I love is that because you're so open now, I know that there's people who are watching you like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. Yes. And, and once they're able to once that that blinder is able to come off that I'm not the only one, 
suffering this, then that's when movement occurs. So that's why I just love everything that you're doing because you don't, fi- you don't find people as open as you are uh, about the, the trials and tribulations, especially in, in kind of the world that we live in where everything is kind of the end product, right? They see the end product of mm-hmm. success, but they don't see the steps and hurdles, the bumps, the backslides, Yes. Force you to kind of keep moving on. So that's, I just, again, I just wanted, I loved everything about that. And that's why I wanted to touch on it. Cause like, I know that, that, that continues to be ingrained in how you teach, when you teach and how passionate you are, um, you know, serving the community that you are, because like, I, like, again, maybe because I'm older, maybe because I recognize it now, but like, I, like the amount of my female colleagues who I see, you know, are having infertility issues, having sexual related issues. And, you know, like all these issues here that, like I might have been blinded to the world until like I kind of opened up and I recognized like, oh that oh you too? Oh mm-hmm. you too? You like and then all of a sudden you can just see like how apparent it is. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for asking that question and for speaking to it. And it is common. It's common, but you wouldn't necessarily know because it's not discussed. Like one in four is a current statistic of how many women experience miscarriage. That's 25% of the world. Wow. Right. I didn't even realize and- it was that high. Wow, okay. Yeah. And it's, um, it's something that, and, and I mean, this is right in time for it's pregnancy loss um, and awareness month. Um, So it's perfect timing to have these type of conversations. So thank you for opening up your platform to be able to speak to the importance of gaining support and not feeling alone in that experience. So how do we, how do, how do we get to the point where we're sexually free and sexually confident in what we're doing? Like, yes. like, how do we like get to that point? You don't have to drop all your gems because I need people to be able to follow you, work with you and all that. But like, like, how do we like what type, what type of niblets do we have to help us kind of get in that direction? Yeah. So I'm going to give three niblets. Right. The first and I and I borrowed this from Dr. Emily, who's a very seasoned sex expert. But I just love this quote so much. Conversation is lubrication. Right. Um, so what I mean by that is oftentimes and it's not uncommon for someone to reach out to me and say, hey, my my partner and I never talk about sex. We never talk about what we want, what we need, um, if things are going well or if things are not going well. And so I think that the first step is starting to have conversations with your partner around sex, right? Starting to even ask yourself, right? Having that self-dialogue, am I having the sex that I want? A lot of times we don't even really ask ourselves that question. Am I sexually satisfied in having the sex that I want? Start with asking yourself that. Mm. And again, be able to kind of build from there. It's, it's right? funny, but like, it's it's crazy that we really aren't. We really don't. <laughs> we really don't ask these questions again. How are we prioritizing our, self, our sexual self-care? So starting with conversations. A lot of times, even with conversations, when if you're introducing it to your partner, and this is something that you guys haven't talked about, you want to think about timing. You want to think about your tone. And you also don't necessarily want to have these conversations in the bedroom. You want the bedroom to be for sex and sleep, right? So having these conversations outside of the bedroom, when you're walking the dog. Another another bar, another bar. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, that's really important. So how you have the conversation is important. Secondly, um, vulnerability, 
right? Vulnerability is so important to overall intimacy. And so again, just like you kind of mentioned, like we don't necessarily have these conversations. Um, We keep a lot of information inside. When we start sharing with our partners, some of our wants, our needs, our fantasies um, regarding sex, it builds intimacy. And again, the more that we talk about sex, the more that we want it. Right. And so, for example, if I'm talking about um, red lobster all day, guess what I'm going to want at the end of the day? I'm going to want some red lobster. I'm going to want some cheddar bay biscuits. I'm just saying. And so sex is very similarly. So when when we can carve out time to kind of just talk, be vulnerable with our partner, um, that increases our our sexual freedom as well. Um, And then thirdly, being able to surrender during sex. Right. So kind of tying it back to the perfectionism piece. When we're being perfectionistic, we're being in our mind and not in our body. I tell, I tell my clients, you're being in your mind and not in your vagina, right? And so how can we then try to clear out the thought, clear out the to-do list of all the things that you have to do and really prioritize your pleasure in this moment? This is what self-care is about, enjoying the moment. We sometimes go through life on autopilot. I know many, many people like, especially if they're driving to work, they can just get there and not even necessarily enjoy the ride because they're in their head, right? They're not paying attention to what's going on around. You're just like, oh, I'm here already. You just on like autopilot. You just know you're pulling up to the job. Yes. And that is what we want to avoid during sex. We don't want to be an autopilot. We don't want you to be in your head thinking about what you're going to make for dinner tomorrow. Or if your partner is noticing, you know, a roll on your back, they don't care. Right. And so a lot of times what that, what the focus then becomes is focusing on your body, slowing down, taking deep breaths, using your senses, focusing on what am I hearing right now that I like? What am I seeing that I like? Is there anything that I smell that is providing joyful, pleasant experience for me, right? So there's so many facets of sex that we miss because again, we're thinking about some type of goal. And so I think that surrendering to our body, surrendering to our experience is definitely important, important foundational component of building that sexual freedom and confidence. So, so much, so much gems today. Um, again, uh, again, I stress all the time, right? I, I like the, the guests who I have on here, um, mm-hmm. are absolutely just amazing people in general, but like phenomenal really in what they do in lunch learning community. If like, if you did not get that, like from this discussion today, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> Dr. Jack, where, like, what are, are we working on anything? Where can people follow you? Where can people find you? Like, like, let's, let's kind of, I want to give this time so that people can either write down, know what um, social media outlets they need to follow, know where they need to book consultations. Like where, where, where give, give them all details of what's going on with Dr. Jack right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I I recently launched my website and my one-on-one coaching services. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I've been doing things kind of behind the scenes for a while, but now I'm out there. So you can contact me on my website, which is drjackdrjac.co. So on there, you can read all about my one-on-one coaching services. Um, If you are interested in coaching, um, I can definitely get you connected with those services. Additionally, I have on my uh, website currently a free guide. It's five ways to have better sex now. And so some of the things that we talked about, um, I talk in more detail with that guide. So that is a great gem that I would definitely suggest you, you download and you can start using some of those tips tonight. So that's an amazing place um, to start. I also do two other things. So I do my one-on-one coaching, um, but I also do, um, 
couples retreats as well as speaking engagements. Um, so if you and, you know, six other couples are going on a retreat next year and you want to like book a day that's focused on intimacy, you can hit me up and we can talk about how to create that experience for you. So the couples are leaving with more tools and tips regarding pleasure and intimacy that they can use for the remainder of the relationship, right? We want to keep things spicy. Novelty is the key to having a healthy, sexy um, sex life. Um, so that's another service. And then if you're interested in having me as a speaker for an event, a podcast, um, or interested to talk about sexual perfectionism, sexual confidence, um, shame and miscarriage. Those are the things that I'm really passionate about speaking to. You can definitely reach out on my contact page on my website and I will get back with you and uh, we can, yeah, we can chat about what you'd like to talk about and how I can serve your audience. Oh, I love it. I love it. And again, um, guys, I'm not joking, especially if you're on Instagram, like <laughs> definitely follow her. Like, like yes. just, the, just the lives alone, We'll get you mentally right, right? So definitely need to follow. Thank you for everything that you've done today. And more importantly, thank you for what you continue to do. Like you're, you're, you're touching so many uh, people in a community who have, I'm almost sure, have felt alone, have felt not listened to for a long time. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that like you're, you're, you're coming out of the shot. I'm not sure if there was a reason why like you were kind of low-key before and now you're coming out, but like uh, you know, thank you for us, like saying like, no, I'm gonna put myself out there and like really like go go to bat for the community who I know because uh, I'm pretty sure like that population we don't even know the amount of women who probably suffer from the issues that you take care of because they're still silent to this day, unfortunately. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for just being so kind and all the great, wonderful things that you just said. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm glad to be out there. The reception has been amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just really here to serve. And so I really had to, in terms of that push, make it not about me and about the people that needed me. And so I'm here. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will see you guys next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.